Hello and welcome to episode 79 of the Eco Chow Podcast. My name is Preston Byers and as always I'm joined by my co-host Justin Minkowski and on today's episode we have what might be the final roster change of the CDL season and we have a lot of very important matches to discuss. 10 from last week and the final 10 online qualifiers of the 2023 season coming up this weekend that we really need to talk about as we get even closer to the end of the CDL season. But before we do any of that, how are you doing, Justin Binkowski? I'm doing all right. I uh, originally was planning on doing a little bit of announcing my... Uh, retirement from the ego child podcast as a result of your uh tweet about kobe not being a top 10 player in the nba um but now we got a roster move to talk about so i don't have as much time for that so it'll just be a little joke leading in and uh we can get right down to business yeah i'm just saying he's not but i'm not gonna speak ill of the dead i'm just saying he's not a top 10 player um yeah, episode 79 of the Ego Chat Podcast. Let's start with the the most recent news, uh, the roster change that the Minnesota Rocker made today. Uh, Attach is back in the Minnesota starting lineup in place of Afro. Um, a roster change I don't think either one of us saw coming, uh, especially this close to the end of the regular season. We're just about a week away from... Uh, champs being uh, finalized in, in terms of the, the eight teams that will compete there. And of course, we've been talking a lot about the Minnesota Rocker lately because they are really, really close to qualifying for champs. They currently hold the eighth and final spot at champs, but that could change and it, re it really might change over the next few weeks. Um, so Minnesota bringing in attach for Afro, uh, you seem pretty surprised in the Slack chat uh, for our for our job, um, and I ended up writing this article, and I was kind of surprised by some of the stats that I found for Minnesota since they brought in fame for attach um, over two months ago. But uh, let's get your initial reaction to attach replacing Afro in the Minnesota starting lineup. Yeah, I'm kind of interested to hear what you had because I, I literally didn't even get to read or edit your article so i didn't have uh, a chance to look up too much stuff but i mean just gut reaction it's a move that you know we, we've seen attach in the past play multiple roles he can be a submachine gun you can play an ar um, but bringing in attach who is you know in the past couple of years at least been more of a traditional ar player um was a flex a little bit in, in vanguard but kind of really stood out with the automaton towards the end of the year um and having him replace like more of an aggressive SMG star like Afro, who um, at times to me really felt like Minnesota's best player. And like when they had a lot of success at Boston, it was really him and Vance just absolutely frying. And then when they lost, it was him and Vance struggling. Um, so I, you know, I was very surprised. I, I feel like, especially just because of the timing of it, like, there really isn't much time for this move to to pan out because they they have two matches this weekend now um, against pretty tough teams. And if they lose both these matches, they likely start in the loser's bracket of the major. And if that doesn't shake out in a positive way for them or Vegas goes on a run, Minnesota is potentially looking at three matches left in their entire season. And attach is kind of getting thrown in last minute here as a last last ditch hail mary. That's what it feels like. And I mean, it's not 
I mean, he, he's a professional at the end of the day and a, a legendary player, super talented. So, like, if, if somebody can pull off a miracle like this, it might be him. But um, the fact that he's kind of, like, you know, potentially just getting three matches at the end of the season to try and just completely change the direction of a team is uh, kind of a tricky situation. So um, I'm surprised by it. I, I think Afro's a really good player, and I felt like, you know... Um, if you had to ask me last week, like what Minnesota would do in the off season, regardless of obviously if they won champs this year, like you know, they probably stick, but that would be very surprising if they did. Um, but if you'd asked me like yesterday, what I thought in the off season Minnesota should do outside of, um, you know, and just what what they should do in the off season in terms of roster, I would probably say you know try to build around Afro. Um, but obviously, if he's getting benched here, it might not be a situation where they're they're gonna have to enter a complete rebuild. Obviously, there's the reports of them uh, potentially looking for new ownership or a partner. So very complicated situation potentially, and a lot of question marks now around the team. But um, we're gonna have to see what Attach is able to do and how the squad is able to rebound because the pressure's on now. Uh, so the stats that I was referencing, um, and I, I put them in the. The article, so if you go to daddysports.com, it's one of the latest Call of Duty articles on the site. Um, but essentially, Minnesota's record before uh, Fame was put in the lineup, so with Attach, they were 10-14 and 14 on the season, um, but they were 10-6 and 6 before they went on to an eight-match losing streak uh, that, ran, that spanned from February 5th to March 10th. Um, and that losing streak, you know, eight matches is obviously a really long time. Um, those are, that's a lot of matches. It's, you know, one of the longest in CDO history. Uh, but when you look at who they lost to and how they lost, um, they lost a game five to phase. Then they lost to the thieves, lost another game five to the subliners, lost to Seattle and optic, lost a game five to Vegas and lost back to back matches to the LA thieves. Um, and at that point, that was the end of Attach's run with Minnesota uh, in that lineup. And that's when Fame was put in the lineup. Um, once Fame got put in the lineup, they won their first two matches, so they broke their losing streak. But as you would remember, the the those two matches came at their first home series uh, of the, the year in Wisconsin. And they also happened to come against two of the worst teams in the CDL, the Florida Mutineers and the LA Gorillas. So they, they won those first two matches. Then they lost four in a row to New York, Atlanta, LAT and LAT again. Then they won two beating London and Seattle. They lost to New York. They beat London and their last two matches were both losses to Boston and Vegas. Uh, so five and seven since fame came in, which I think is the exact same win percentage as they had with attach. Um, so they were 10 and 14. So if you double both the wins and losses, they would be 10 and 14 with fame, um, which is, you know, again, like the exact same results that they had, regardless of whether it was fame or attach. Um, but I think the most important thing to note here is that with fame, uh, of those five wins that they have, four have come against London, LAG, and Florida, the three worst teams in the CDL. Only one team, uh, only one of those wins has come against a team that is currently in the top eight in the CDL, and that was a 3-2 win against Seattle a few weeks ago um, at, at Major Four. So it's... um. 
I just don't know how much can be actually be taken from these wins. Um, of course, I think I think Attach is probably the better player uh, compared to Fame. Like that that's just my personal opinion. I think I would have more faith in Attach. Uh, like comparing the two, um, and I also think that when you look at the schedule and the wins that Minnesota had earlier in the year, um, they beat. Uh, they beat Optic to open the season. They've beaten Toronto. Um, they beat yeah, <laughs> yeah. They they've beaten Atlanta Phase. Um, they they swept Optic uh, in the major. It, it, like they have good wins this season, but they don't really have any good wins since Fame came into the roster. They've lost to pretty much all of the top teams that they faced. Um, with the only win being Seattle, and Seattle, like we already know, has been pretty inconsistent throughout the year and at times have looked like a top-four team and at times have looked like a non-playoff team. Um, and I'm not sure really what can be taken from those wins. Um, so I'm kind of like happy that Minnesota's making the move just because Attach, I feel, is probably an improvement, but I don't know how much of an improvement he is over Afro. And it's also a very big risk, right, to make this change when you're in the middle of a playoff battle with Vegas. And there's a real chance that this roster change could just screw them up enough to miss out on another champ's appearance. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm pretty surprised by it regardless. Um, we should mention that they only have a one-match advantage on on Vegas right now they are 10 CDL points ahead of the Legion uh in eighth place uh, the Legion are in ninth and Vegas owns the tiebreaker um which is head-to-head -head, and Vegas has won every single matchup between the two which is pretty crazy considering Vegas has um you know been really inconsistent against I'm sure pretty much every team in the league but Minnesota is not one of those teams and you know we'll talk about their matchup from this past weekend. Um, do you have anything else do you want to talk about for Minnesota as they make this roster change? The, the only thing I was going to say is I saw somebody on, on Twitter say, like, if, if Minnesota didn't get that SAE forfeit from Optic in the first match of the season, Optic and Minnesota would literally, or Minnesota and Vegas would be tied right now mm -hmm. um, and see the other points. And obviously you can play the what-if game with a bunch of stuff. You can play the what-if game with what if Vegas doesn't go 0-2 with the major when they finally start winning bracket for the first time. Um but yeah, end of the day, this just it's it's a weird one to me because I feel like it can't be a gut reaction, like you know, just like a sudden thing that they decide to do after a weekend where they only play one match and they lose. Mm -hmm. Um, if this had happened like after major four heading into these qualifiers, it, it would have made a little more sense to me. Uh, but like I said, it's just really confusing with the timing. They have literally guaranteed two online matches. Tough opponents, if they lose both of those, potentially only one match at the major. And like I said earlier, if, if Vegas is able to go on a run, uh, while potentially Minnesota goes 0-3 in their next three matches, then Minnesota season might just be over. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just a really tough situation. I think this is one. Um, and, it's, and again, it's going to be tough because even if Attach comes in and is struggling right off the bat, can you really blame him for, you know, hasn't been in the CDL action, scrimming and stuff. I know he's been streaming and playing ranked play, um, but he hasn't been, you know, in a team environment really for a couple months now, maybe not a couple months, maybe at least a couple no, weeks. Like two two months it's been. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's been um, a while. 
so yeah, so I don't, I don't even know how much you can really judge his performance based on that. Obviously, it's a completely new dynamic because you're taking out a sub and bringing in an AR. So now you, I, I think it's fame and dance on the subs, attaching cami on the AR. So it's, it's not like a sub for sub or AR for AR replacement. Um, it's just this is, it's going to be really interesting to see how it pans out. And like I said, it's not like they're going up against London and LAG next week. Um, they have some tough matchups on paper, even though one of their opponents technically isn't playing too well right now. Um, but yeah, we're, I'm, I'm going to be interested to see how this all plays out for Minnesota. And I think we're, this is going to be a really interesting conversation to have over the next couple of weeks throughout Major 5 and heading into Champs, depending on how it shakes out. Yeah, it's been a, a really tough go for Minnesota. Um, it's honestly like they were very good for the first few months of the season, um, pretty much through Major 2, and then everything has kind of went off the rails. Um, I believe that they're like, they've. I think they've lost like 15 of their last 20 matches, um, which is obviously not great. Like, that's it's pretty obvious there um and you know when you have lost that much vegas has been you know i don't think vegas has been consistent but they've been a lot better um over that span than the minnesota has and it's it's really coming to a head here um and and there's a real chance that we'll see another you know bottom four teams squeak into champs just like we saw with new york last year and Minnesota also had a chance at the last major um, in 2022. They had a chance to secure a champ spot, and they just weren't able to do it. Um, there's a real chance that'll happen again, and I I think that's a, a really bad sign for Minnesota considering they were a top-four team in 2021. And you know they were a really good team, if you remember, in 2020 until it went online, and then they fell off a cliff and you know kind of fell down the rankings um in that season as well um but let's get to the the matches uh we will talk a little more about minnesota when we get to uh, especially their vegas match um because that was a uh, probably the most anticipated match at least from the ego child podcast standpoint uh but first let's start off with the blow it up bowl london versus lag uh, a real uh, tour de force just the the two uh, top two teams they're competing for Wimbenyama just like everybody in the NBA right now um I don't know what the equivalent would be for this the CDL um whoever the 17 year old phenom is killing it in GBs right now is probably the best but um yeah LAG beat the London Royal Ravens uh, I get this one wrong. I am so tired of these blow it up bowls and I'm just tired of London and LAG because uh, LAG won. They break their losing streak, which is so disrespectful to this podcast. We were really pulling for a, a, a new record for the losing streak to take a little more pressure off the Legion who currently own it. Um, and London just, it's, it's really sad to see them. Um, I saw a few of their players tweeting like it's unacceptable to play like this, but at this point, I'm I'm surprised that they are as invested as they are, just because the season has been so bad uh, for so long. Um, any thoughts on the Blow It Up Bowl 2023? Uh, nothing in particular. I, um, you know, London wins the S and D, but LAG wins the uh, the respawns there. Nothing really. 
uh, to write home about them. I think this loss technically eliminated London from champs contention. Um, they're a long shot to get in anyway, but I'm pretty sure that was the case. I can't remember for sure, but uh, regardless, I don't think we need to spend this much time on uh, or much time on on this match in particular, just because of like you like you said, the blowed up bowl is the blowed up bowl for a reason after their performances this year. And I believe both LAG and London are officially out of contention for yeah. champs. Uh, they they can't get enough points over the past uh, over the last week of qualifiers plus major five uh, to catch Minnesota who's in eighth. Um, so rest in peace to all the LAG and London fans. Hopes and dreams that they would uh, pull off a, a miraculous end of the season to get into champs. Uh, Florida versus Boston, two teams that do have a shot. Boston in seventh place. Um, Florida with a very outside chance of making it to champs, but still technically um, are eligible to get into champs if they pull off a, a crazy uh, next few weeks. Um, but uh, Boston did win this match 3-0. Um, this was, I believe, was this the first match for... Uh, no, it wasn't the first match. For, never mind. Um, but this was a, a pretty impressive win nonetheless, um, despite Florida not being a, a very good team. Uh, any thoughts on Florida versus Boston? Uh, not really, no. I think uh, in the context of what happens later in this set of matches, it's a little surprising. But uh, this was, you know, a 250, 232 in the hard point. I think it was a pretty impressive uh, come back in map one, if I remember correctly, or I might be confusing it with another hydro hard point over the weekend. Uh, but then 6-4 in the search and 3-1 in the control. So 3-0 is a little misleading just in terms of the individual game scores, but it was still a uh, convincing victory for Boston nonetheless. Um, we will talk about Florida a little later, though. So um, kind of a confusing one that can't really wrap my head around in the context of the greater scheme of things, but for this match in particular... Uh, Boston comes out and gets another win after uh, they only played one match at the Minnesota mm -hmm. home series in the previous week, which was the uh, loudness equalization um, controversy. Yeah. Uh, next match, Atlanta phase versus the Las Vegas Legion. I think we both knew the result of this one uh, coming in, um, but there was some doubt because FaZe has not been as strong lately and Vegas has put up some really good fights and even uh, got a win last week, uh, but it just did not <laughs> come to fruition here. A pretty dominant uh, win in hard point and search um, and a close control win for FaZe to uh, secure the sweep. Um any surprises from this one? Because, like I said, a phase had been kind of shaky, and you know, they're these two teams are generally kind of similar in that they play through S and D and kind of hope and pray that something go breaks right for them and respawn. Any surprises there for you? That's what I was gonna say. I mean, you know, outside of the standings and you know, looking at the teams and their performances this year, all that, just like stylistically, I guess the best way to describe it is like you said, both teams, uh, when they win, it's usually through S and D. So that makes it a harder matchup for Vegas, uh, just on paper, uh, because even if London or sorry, even if Vegas uh, is struggling in hard point, it's not necessarily. Vegas's best mode. It's not like they can capitalize on that. And then their best mode is also FaZe's best mode, and they have a historic streak. So that makes it harder for them to win. And then um, 
yeah, it's, I, I don't know if I necessarily thought this was going to be a 3-0 just based on how what we've seen from both teams, but um, I I do think uh, this was probably a, a, a good thing for FaZe fans to see just a, another solid victory after some, you know, I, I don't have, let me look. What did FaZe do previously here? They had a 3-0 against LAG. Was that their only match of... The qualifiers? Oh no, they lost three zero to Optic. Yeah. So I guess in response to that, they're, they're they played the minimum nine maps in three series <laughs> up to this point. So, um, some quick matches there for Phase fans. But yeah, I just think you know, end of the day, Phase fans, uh, they want to see their team get a win like this over a team like Vegas. If Vegas had picked up the win here in another upset, um, that would have just been a monumental victory for them, and we would be talking about this much more heavily. But, uh, yeah, like you said originally, I think we both expected this to go Atlanta's way. Maybe not necessarily in a 3-0 fashion, but uh, nonetheless, that's the end result. Uh, first match of Saturday was Atlanta phase again against the London Royal Ravens. A 3-1 result here for FaZe. Um, I think the most surprising thing is the control, the fact that London beat FaZe in control. Um, not that FaZe is very good, in control or anything but uh that's actually london's worst game mode and they s still picked up the the uh, control win um but yeah other than that it was a pretty tight s d but pretty lopsided hard point wins for phase including a 100 point club uh embassy hard point result um I, I don't think there's any surprises, anything you have to say about FaZe, because it is a 2-0 week after getting swept by Optic. That's kind of a good thing, right? Yeah, I, I think this is just one, you know, based on their opponents, you expect Atlanta to win both of these matches, no matter what kind of form they're in. And it's kind of just something where if they had lost or, you know, if it was, you know, maybe like a 3-2 win for either of them, uh, we probably have maybe some, like, minor red flags, but... um other than that, they, they showed up, played the teams that were put in front of them, and took care of business. So, uh, good results for Atlanta. Next match, LAT in Florida. This was the first real surprise of the weekend, uh, I guess if you include LAG, uh, if you don't include LAG winning. Um, but LAT, they dropped the series to the Florida Mutineers 3-1 uh, in favor of Florida. Just... I have no idea what happened here for LAT. I don't know what's happening for LAT in general. Uh, they lost the hard point and uh, they lost both hard points and the control. Um, they're a respawn first team. They have overwhelmingly winning records in hard point and control and their worst game mode is in search. And for them to lose all three respawns and win the search is pretty shocking. Um, what do you think is the cause of LAT struggles? Um, and what are your thoughts on this loss in particular? I, I really don't have a good answer for you for uh, at least what is the cause of LAT struggles. I, it really just doesn't make sense to me. Like I was talking about when we were talking about Florida, Boston, especially Boston comes out three O's Florida and then Florida responds with a win over the defending major chance. It just really doesn't make much sense to me. Maybe, you know, just to throw it out there because we've talked about it in years past and stuff like that. Online match Florida's headquarters in Florida, LAT headquartered in LA. 
Um, maybe there's some online slash ping shenanigans going on, but you really can't blame that, um, especially just the way LAT has been playing since ma- winning the major. It's just really confusing uh, because, like we talked about last episode, this is back-to-back majors now where the defending champion has uh, followed up winning the title with just poor performance in the online qualifiers. So it's really a head-scratcher to me. Um, I wish I had a better answer, but I don't. Um, at least, you know, looking at um, the Thieves' previous matches in uh, last week when they played Toronto and New York, those are two teams that have won a major before. Um, so the fact they lose those matches is, is still surprising, at least the fact they didn't win one. Um, going 0-2 is, is definitely surprising in my eyes, but then you lose to a team like Florida down at the bottom of the standing. That's a pretty big upset. Um, and it's definitely got to be an eye-opener for uh, the LAT camp to try and fix whatever the coaches or analysts or whoever uh, thinks is going on there because this is the opposite of what we necessarily might have expected, especially last year. You know, LAT goes on that run, winning back-to-back to end the year, including champs. We were talking about it after they won the major. Is this the same thing this year, them heating up at the right time, potentially going back-to-back leading in the champs and maybe getting a three-peat? Uh, that, that's certainly, you know, unless there's a massive, you know, change in direction here that you just they flip a switch and suddenly figure it out again. Maybe it really is an online versus land thing. I don't know, but... Um, going to be really interested to see how this all plays out for LAT. The good thing is they are in champs no matter what, um, but obviously you don't want to head into champs with a poor performance in the last major, so uh, going to have to see how they play in this last week because obviously they definitely don't want to start in the loser's bracket. They did have um, that really good loser bracket run in major two, um, but no matter how good you are and uh, at facing adversity or playing with your backs against the wall, whatever saying you want to use, um, no matter how good you are at that, it, you, you don't want to be in a position where you're forced to go from the loser bracket right off the bat. So um, going to be interesting to see if LIT makes any adjustments heading into uh, this final week of online play. Uh, one team that probably is pretty happy that LIT struggling is Optic Texas. Um, the team that lost to them at the Major Four Grand Finals, um, they also lost to them in the Winners Finals of Major Four. Uh, and Optic are firing on all cylinders once again. Uh, we saw the same thing in the Major Four qualifiers, but um, it, it's, it keeps happening. A 3-0 for Optic over the Seattle Surge. Um, not necessarily a surprising result in terms of who wins, uh, but it's always kind of surprising to see Optic pull off a sweep because... You know, the SND has not been um, their uh, strongest and uh, control has definitely not been their strongest and even weaker game mode for them. Um, what do you think of Optic? Uh, again, just keep winning. Like it's it's been a pretty consistent run of form for them since Ghosty entered the lineup. Yeah, this is a really solid win. Um, Seattle, did they play two matches in the first week? Uh, they played Toronto and lost 3-0, and that was it in the first week. So this was only their second match of these qualifiers. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Toronto and Optic are two tough opponents. We've talked about the Seattle Seesaw multiple times about them going up and down. Um, but this is just a tough opponent, probably, again, you know, not to compare uh, Optic in Seattle to Atlanta and Vegas, but this is just, you know, a tough matchup because um, 
although Seattle has shown signs of improvement in S&D since they were on a really bad losing streak to start the year, uh, you think of them more as a respawn team just due to how yeah, strong the slaying team they are. And that's kind of the same style. Optic plays, Optic feels like a, a, a very well-rounded team at the moment. Um, but also, you know, bringing in <laughs> bringing in Ghosty since then, they, it feels like they've had a little uptick in slaying uh, across the board. So, um makes it a the tough matchup if both teams are looking at hard point uh to be their their go-to I'm not saying that's necessarily the case but just outside looking in um and yeah optics just looking really strong this is how they they looked really good heading into major four two uh got another second place finish obviously again greenwall always expects first um but only one team can get first and if you don't get first second is the next best thing so uh, I know Ricky Bobby might say if you ain't first, you last, but um, Optic's still been playing very well overall, and especially considering LAT's recent struggles. Um, I, I said it going into the last major, but it, when Optic's firing all cylinders, they they definitely seem like the best team in the game in my eyes right now. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely online, and even on land, they're pretty much like they proved to be the second best team over the past uh, few months. And they just con consistently continue to deliver uh, and beat the teams that they should. And the the only teams that they're really struggling with are, well, the only team really is LAT. And we don't know what LAT has been doing the last few weeks online. Um, but New York LAG is the next match that we have to talk about, the final match of Saturday. Um, I mean, we really don't need to talk about it because LAG had just broken uh, their losing streak against London. So it's a little too much to ask for them to win two matches in a row. Uh, and New York has looked incredible uh, over the past few weeks. So it, it's not too much of a surprise that this was a 3-0 uh, in favor of the subliners. Um, the hard point and S&D were decently close. Um, you know, close is relative. And then a 3-0. Uh, in control for the subliners to close this one out. Any thoughts on NY versus LAG? Yeah, I think you know we we've talked about New York having uh, an uptick in performance, especially uh, at Major Four compared to Majors Two and Three after winning a title. Um, they start these online qualifiers by losing to Vegas, which is a pretty big win for Vegas, all things considered. Uh, but then New York turns around and, and beats LAT, LAT, the defending uh, major champion. So if you look at that on paper, uh, not heading into that first week and considering LATs as the defending champs, you're probably thinking New York is 1-1 after uh, the first week, just opposite results potentially. Um, and then they're able to get a win here. So it, it seems like, you know, Obviously, they would like to be 3-0, um, but this is just another case similar to Atlanta, Vegas, where New York has to come out and, and take care of business here, and, and that's exactly what they did. 6-4 um, in the search is, is relatively close, but the other two maps were 70 points in heart point and a shutout in the control. So, uh, yeah, New York's looking, you know, <laughs> opposite of, of what New York is, or sorry, opposite of... LA Thieves not looking as strong as they have uh, throughout the season where it seems like to me New York is getting as close to that uh, major title winning form that we saw earlier in the season at the right time. So that that's good for New York fans. Uh, and first match of Sunday, the most important match uh, for the Ego Chat podcast and really the most intriguing matchup, uh, I think, for the entire CDL community. Um 
the Las Vegas Legion versus the Minnesota Rocker. Both of these teams are still fighting for a playoff spot. Uh, before the match, there was a 20-point gap between Minnesota in 8th and Vegas in ninth. And Vegas really needed this win to not go down 30 points, which would seem pretty much insurmountable, uh, at least in my opinion, for Vegas to make up, especially with the fact that they started in the winner's bracket of Major 4 and ended up with no points. So there's no guarantee that they would get any points at the Major anyway. But Vegas really needed that win regardless, and they got it a 3-2 win for the Legion to shrink the gap to 10 points. And this was not an easy win by any means for Vegas, despite having beat Minnesota, I believe, three or four times uh, this season already. Uh, Minnesota had a few chances to close this series out and um, move on and probably you know, not technically secure it, but feel a lot more secure in getting that final champ spot. Uh, it was actually a 2-1 series lead for Minnesota, and uh, they just weren't able to close it out in hard point. And then once you go to Game 5 S&D with Vegas, it's a little bit different because they are a very good search team. Uh, you kind of have to be on your P's and Q's and respawn to beat them, and that just wasn't the case. Um, and there was a, a special moment, at least in the Binkowski household, uh, courtesy of Clayster uh, during this match. Um, your thoughts on Vegas's 3-2 win over the Minnesota Rocker? I think the Yankees pitcher just got ejected. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, Yankees update yeah, during the I, uh, Um, The assassination was definitely a solid moment. I think Clay actually said, I, let me, I, I forget to look at his actual uh, tweet, but I'm pretty sure like it was very, he made it seem like it was very clearly unintentional. Yeah, he died uh, because yeah, of it. Not gonna, not gonna lie, this low key checked me. Um, so it was, you know, obviously as Preston alluded to, we we at the Ego Child Podcast and me in particular are uh, huge fans of any assassinations. Uh, shout out me assassinating Jim in 2019. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, outside of all the gibberish, uh, this was an absolutely crucial match win for. Um, Vegas, we've talked about it multiple times now over the last couple of weeks, it feels like, so I don't really want to repeat myself a ton, but Vegas had an opportunity to dig themselves out of a hole at Major 4, didn't capitalize on that, have the opportunity here to play the team directly above them with a tough schedule in their other qualifier matches. This is basically a must-win, and it was really good to see them just come out and take care of business. Um, if they had lost this, it would have been, you know... Minnesota up 20 points on them. Maybe Minnesota doesn't make a roster change. Um, and, you know, obviously a bigger gap for Vegas just makes the Vegas' winning champs uh, fairy tale story a, a little harder to be realized. So um, very important win here, and that's what it was. It was just good in comparison to uh, Major 4. In my eyes, it was good to see uh, Vegas actually with their own destiny in their own hands, take control and pick up a W when they needed it most. Yeah, and I think it should be mentioned that Minnesota actually won that first search. Uh, they won a round 11 uh, against Vegas in the first search of the series, and they still ended up losing it. Um, like, Vegas had to win two respawns in this, and they won both hard points. Uh, and neither one of them were, like, 
you know, super tight. And it's just, that's, it's kind of unacceptable on Minnesota's behalf to uh, beat Vegas in their best game mode and not somehow pull a win out. Um, they're a below, uh, Vegas is a below 500 hard point team. And if you can't take one of those off of them, uh, you know, you're almost guaranteed to take the control off, uh, off of them, but it's, it's still like, you gotta, you gotta win more than just the control to beat Vegas. Or if you're going to win a search, like you definitely should win at least one of those hard points that would definitely help you. Um, but it just didn't happen. And that's, that result might really come back to haunt the rocker this season because, it literally went from if you win that uh, that series a thirty point lead, but because you lost it, it's now a ten point lead, and Vegas now has a real shot at reaching them and, and catching up to them. And it only takes a tiebreaker for Vegas to get into the playoffs instead of Minnesota, and that's not really good news for the Rocker fans. Um, next match: Toronto versus Optics. Uh, Optics second match of the week. Uh, Toronto, um, I believe this is their only match of this week uh, after a, a pretty successful uh, first week. Um, but Optic win 3-1, another win for the Green Wall. Um, and I had this stat, I believe their Optic is 20-6 and six since Ghosty came in the lineup, um, which is you know obviously ridiculous. They're on pace to probably be the best uh, you know team, at least in terms of record. Uh, over the past, like over the last half of the season, um, because they've pretty much been unstoppable at least over the last few months, other than a few series against uh, LAT, and I believe they lost a few uh, when they were getting used to um, getting used to Ghosty being in the lineup, and I believe they also made the grand finals of Major Three with Ghosty. Um, and they lost to Toronto. So back-to-back uh, -back major grand finals appearances. Um, they went undefeated in the major four qualifiers. They are now 4-0 in the major five qualifiers with only one match remaining. Um, they're just looking really, really good, and it's getting a lot harder for me to pick against them, even though I know I said like three weeks ago that LAT was the best team in the game and that I was refusing to pick against them. But it's feeling like I feel a little green right now. I feel like I need to pick Optic in some of these matches. Um, any thoughts on Optic beating Toronto and kind of avenging their major three loss? Yeah, I just, you know, Optic now are 4-0 are and in these qualifiers and similar position to where they were last time. Um, coming up next week, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but they don't necessarily have a very tough match. Uh, for their final qualifier. So we're potentially looking at 5-0 uh, set in the qualifiers, and uh, most likely if they do that, they'll be the number one seed heading into the major. So uh, just solid win out of Optic. It just doesn't seem to matter who they're playing. Obviously, they they played very close against uh, Vegas in that first match of these qualifiers, or Vegas almost was able to take one. Um, but then dominant wins now over phase seattle and toronto um those are all solid teams and optics just taking care of business so um yeah i i think like i was saying earlier when we were talking about them i, I think yeah, when everything's going right for them they certainly feel like the best team in the game right now i think this illustrates how well optic has been doing uh so in the first two uh majors and like the first two major uh qualifiers 
Optic was nine and seven through the uh, second major, and they have since when uh, since Ghosty's been in the lineup, they are now twenty and six. Uh, so a really big turnaround for them. Um, you know, they're competing still for the number one seed at champs. That's still very much within grasp. Um, and then the teams that you look at uh, that Optic has lost to with Ghosty in the lineup, really the only like you know, not great opponent to lose to was Boston. They lost 3-0 uh, in the major three uh, winner's bracket round one, uh, but then they went on a pretty crazy loser's bracket run and end up uh, getting to the grand finals to play against Toronto. And since then, they've only lost to LAT, and that was those two two matches at major four. So it's it's been a really, really good run for Optic over the past three months, and I would imagine it's going to continue. Um, they have no reason to be doubted at this point. Um, they've just been really, really good. Um, and speaking of Boston, they they finished out uh, major uh, this week of the major five qualifiers against the Seattle Surge, um, but the Boston Breach came up a little bit short, losing 3-1 to the Surge, which was a good result for Seattle considering um, they got swept by Optic earlier in the weekend. Any thoughts on the Surge's um, 3-1 win over Boston? Yeah, I think this was maybe a little bit, you know, on paper at least, a, a little closer than uh, you might have expected just because of uh, Boston coming off of a win over Florida, Seattle coming off of a loss to Optic. Um, so it's good for Seattle fans in my mind to, you know, have them respond here and, and pick up a win. Um, they win both hard points, and I believe they made a 5-2 comeback in the S&D. So it was a pretty solid victory for uh, Seattle. I think Seattle's a better team than Boston. So um, it's just for that camp. Um to, to pick up a win here against the team that they should beat um, is a good way to end their week as opposed to, you know, having another upset and having all these questions lingering for a week before heading into the final set of online matches. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and that does it for the uh, the matches from this past week. Um, I should mention that our pick'em records um, are pretty similar. Uh, we had the exact same picks aside from the Blow It Up Bowl this past week. Uh, so there wasn't going to be much change regardless. There was going to be a one-match difference uh, either way, depending on who won between LAG and London. And unfortunately, London really let me down, which has um, been a trend for like two years now. Uh, but uh, that means that I was 8-2 and two this past week because we were actually pretty good in picking the matches. Uh, and you were 9-1, and one, meaning your overall record this season is 110-78. and 78. And I'm 107 and 81. Um, so it's it's really coming down to the end. We're almost like Minnesota and Vegas. I'm Vegas. You're definitely Minnesota. Uh, and, um, you know, I got Clay on my side. I got the power of the CDL. I got a lot of fan share according to Breaking Point. So everybody's rooting for me. Um, and you're just lowly Minnesota trying to make a late season roster change to stay ahead. And it's, it's not going to work. I'm sorry to tell you. Um, but let's get into these predictions. Um, or, you know, let's look at the standings real quick and then we'll go to our predictions. Um, so the standings, as we are talking, as we head into the final week of online qualifiers, um, Atlanta phase staying at the top, uh, not a huge surprise there, uh, with 325 points. Um, they have, they don't have the most wins this season that actually belongs to optic, 
but because of their major placings that outweighs the the individual victories. Uh, so Atlanta phase with a 15 point lead over optic Texas optic has a, um, you know, they're 15 points behind phase, uh, but they're 45 points ahead of Toronto in third. So I would imagine optic is pretty safe of keeping second at this point. Uh, but optics probably looking at first more than they're looking at dropping down to third. Uh, Toronto is in third. They have a 10 point advantage over LAT in fourth. Uh, LAT has a 10 point advantage over fifth, uh, which is New York. And then there's a drop of 55 points from fifth to sixth. Uh, sixth is the Seattle surge. And, um, you know, they're probably going to stay in sixth if I have to, uh, if I had to bet. Um, and I should mention that the top five, so Atlanta, T uh, Optic Texas, Toronto, LAT, and New York, they have all qualified for champs. Uh, the seedings may change, but those five teams are guaranteed to be competing at the 2023 CDL Championship in Las Vegas. Uh, again, like I said, Seattle is in sixth with 190 points, 10 points ahead of Boston, who are in seventh with 180, who have a 20-point lead over the Minnesota Rocker in eighth with 160 points. Uh, and Minnesota, like we've mentioned several times on the show already, 10-point advantage over the Las Vegas Legion in ninth place. Uh, 10th place is the Florida Mutineers. They are 50 points back from Vegas, 60 points back from 8th place. Um, they're really going to need a lot to break right, essentially, so they can get into champs if that is uh, something that's going to happen. Uh, and LAG and London are at the very bottom of the CDL. Uh, LAG, they're in 11th, not great, but you know, better than 12th, I guess. Uh, but both LAG and London are mathematically eliminated from champs contention. Um, not really a surprise if you've been listening to the podcast this year. Um, yeah, but that does it for the standings. And uh, it's something to keep in mind as we head into the final week of qualifiers. And of course, once we get to the fifth and final major of the season, that's where teams will have a chance to kind of do what New York did last year and cement themselves a spot um, and finish out the season on a, a very high note. Uh, let's get into these predictions. The last 10 online matches of the 2023 season uh, before we get to back-to-back -to -back LAN events. Friday, May 19th, London versus Florida, the <laughs> two of the uh, bottom teams. Uh, but Florida still, uh, like I said, they have a chance at champs. And if they win this, they they keep they stay alive. I imagine if they lose this, I'm not sure if that'll mathematically eliminate them, but um, I think it would probably essentially eliminate them. Uh, I'm going to go with the Mutineers, but uh, I could see London pulling off opposite here. I cannot, and I'm going for it. <laughs> Uh, LAT versus Minnesota, a match that a few weeks ago, I think it would have been a no brainer pick for LAT, but they are now 0-3 heading into the final week of qualifiers. I'm still going to go with LAT, but if, if there's a moment for Minnesota to, to pull off a win and, and really feel a little safer, this is it. Yeah, I, uh, I'm going with LAT too. I'm pretty sure like heading into major four lat was playing minnesota in the first round of the winner's bracket and lat was undefeated against minnesota this year and they won that match so i'm pretty sure lat is undefeated against minnesota this year um 
Minnesota making that change, LAT struggling right now. I think that kind of balances it out, and you know it should just go to the better team in the end, which is LA Thieves. I think nobody would really argue that. Um, but I don't know. I guess this is one that could go either way, just based on recent performance and the the change being a factor for Minnesota. So going to be interested to see how this goes. But I'm I'm going with the Thieves. Yeah, it could be a honey, a honeymoon thing for Minnesota. They just get a one match bump, and that would probably be enough to at least stave off Vegas for a little bit. Uh, final match of Friday, Seattle versus New York. Uh, Going to go with the subliners. They've been looking really, really good as of late. Yeah, this is one I went back and forth on a little bit um, when I was making the notes doc during the weekend. This was the only one that I was like, I might have to wait to see uh, how both of these teams play uh, before picking. So I think this one could be a good matchup, um, but I'm going to go with New York as well. Vegas versus Seattle. I... Really intriguing matchup. Vegas, definitely a good S&D team. Seattle, a very bad S&D team, uh, at least if you look at their entire track record. I I still have to go with Seattle. I I really think Vegas, they, they have too many close calls in these matches that they should win. And I think it, when you're a superior team in S&D, you probably should win those series. But Vegas has just been not consistent enough maybe i'm also anti-jinxing it uh but i i i think seattle will beat vegas here yeah head is saying seattle here heart is saying vegas so i'm going with the heart and i'm taking vegas um this should be another good matchup um but just based on the circumstances and uh, what Vegas needs to do to take care of business. They need this win. Um, I believe this win would put them at 3-2, and two, which once again puts them in a position to be in the winner's bracket, whereas if they lose this match, then they're 2-3. and three. They're looking at some tiebreakers to potentially get into winner's bracket or maybe not. Um, so again, the recurring theme of Vegas's fate is in their own hands right now. If they come out and win this one, they should put themselves in, in a winner's bracket position for a major five, which is all they can really ask for, especially considering how tough their qualifier schedule is. Um, but I can definitely see Seattle taking this one. It uh, should be a good one. I'll go with Vegas, though. Yeah, and if Vegas win, um, depending on how that LAT Minnesota match went, they could be in a tie or they could just be still 10 points down or 20 points down if they lose and Minnesota win. Uh, so re- a lot of things to to think about as we move forward this weekend. Uh, Optic versus Florida, definitely not going to pick Florida, so Optic it is. Yeah, I'm going with Optic too. LAG versus Toronto, there's no shot that I'd pick LAG, probably against anybody, uh, but definitely not against Toronto. Yeah, I mean, if you didn't pick LAG over London last week, you can't pick them here really, so yeah. uh, I'll go with Toronto. Uh, Atlanta versus Boston, um, not as like, oh, excuse me, uh, not as straightforward as I thought, because Boston has been, you know, decent lately. But Atlanta has been decent, and that's pretty bad for them. Uh, I'm still gonna go a phase, but uh, not as confident as I have been with phase many times in the past. Yep, I'm going with phase two. Sunday, May 21st, the final three online matches of the season toronto versus minnesota battle of the north um a a really really big game for minnesota but i'm gonna go with the ultra yep i gotta go with toronto too which means if my predictions come to pass for specifically minnesota and vegas minnesota would go zero and two most likely start in loser bracket 
Vegas would go 1-0, start in winner's bracket, and we would have them both at 160 heading into the major. Um, that's maximum storyline. So that's what I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing happen. I think that's probably the – I don't know if it's the most likely scenario, but it's a pretty likely scenario that we go into major five with two teams tied for the final spot, which would – you obviously be incredible. Uh, LAT versus London, depending on how LAT do against Minnesota, we could be looking at a 0-4 LAT going against the worst team in the league. Um, I'm going to go with the Thieves, but it would be hilarious if the major four champions, defending world champions, lost uh, to London, which is you know obviously the worst team uh, all season. But uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the Thieves. Yeah, I have to pick the Thieves. I don't pick London against anybody, so I'm not going to pick them here. But I, I do agree. Uh, that would certainly be an eye-opener and a major red flag if LAT were to lose this match, especially since it's their last one heading into the major. Final online match, New York versus Boston. Um, going to go with the subliners. Uh, no reason to pick against them at this point, uh, especially with Boston. Um, but yeah, I'll go with the subliners. Yep, I'm going subliners too. I think it was major four qualifiers. I said it, and you know we're in baseball season now, so I can't pick Boston over New York. Yeah. Um, well, at least both of those teams suck in the MLB, so don't really need to look too far into it. Um, yeah, that does it for the predictions. Again, uh, Bink is one ten and seventy eight heading into this weekend. I'm one oh seven eighty one in the pick'em. Uh, so I think we had a, a few differences. Uh, Las Vegas and Seattle was so that was the only difference. So either Bink will be up by four and, or he will be up by two heading into major five. Uh, but we still have champs to get to. We don't, we're not like uh, fantasy football and we stop like at the end of the regular season where we're going all the way through the season. So there's um, no real stopping here. Um, we got a few weeks left of the season and that feels very, very weird because we're only in May. Usually, we're finishing up in August sometime for champs, but um, I believe it's the end of June for champs this year, and it just is very, very weird. Um, but yeah, that does it for the show. Make sure to subscribe, like, or follow the podcast feed wherever you're listening or watching on. Um, obviously, uh, I've said it a few times in the past week, but the YouTube channel um, is incredible. Uh, the fact that we have people hitting up Bink saying like, oh my God, look at that. Like, uh, people from his past, like seeing him on YouTube and YouTube algorithm really blessing us lately, which is uh, incredible to see. I know we've had a few hundred views on pretty much all of our YouTube videos over the past uh, few months. Actually, it's been pretty um, consistently uh, high. Uh, we also have had a lot of subscribers. Um, and if you're listening on like Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Google Podcasts, thank you very much. Um, we really appreciate you guys. And uh, it's just been a lot of fun to do this. And we still have a few weeks left of the season and uh, we're going to continue to do it um, and hopefully uh, do a few off-season pods. I know we always say that, but uh, hopefully uh, we'll be able to do them. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at jbink with two k's at prez buyers and the podcast twitter's at ego chat podcast next show will be next week uh probably next tuesday uh live on twitch twitch.tv slash ego chat podcast uh and the podcast will go up on the youtube channel and the podcast feed uh you know early wednesday morning usually around midnight um, so if you're uh, a late riser or a late late night hour or early riser you might be able to 
be one of the very first people to watch or listen to the podcast. But um, yeah, we'll be back next week to talk about everything that happened in the qualifiers, whether Vegas and Minnesota are tied or there's a 20 point gap or a 10 point gap. And um, especially we will be previewing the fifth and final major of the CDL season. And uh, that major is shaping up to be an absolute banger in Toronto. Um, but yeah, that does it for me being, take it away. Yep. Sure. And sweet. Thank you guys as always for tuning in. Appreciate all the support. And like Preston alluded to, if uh, you're somebody from my past who didn't even know this was a thing and you're, you stumble upon it. Appreciate everybody uh, who tunes in and all the support we've gotten um, and looking forward to ending this year with a bang. So uh, hope you guys tune into the matches over next weekend and then should have a, a good episode. Uh, next week when we're previewing the major and all that good stuff so hope you guys are looking forward to it we'll see you then and until then remember to send the channel